I'm Mason, and this is Kara, and we are the hosts of Expert Secrets Revealed, Conversations in Health and Fitness, also known as the ESR Show, sponsored by Centrax Nutrition. It's a show built around exceptional people and ideas that educate, entertain, and inspire. And today's guest is Tawny Clark, who is a 45-year-old fitness enthusiast and brand ambassador who's done multiple marathons and triathlons and even appeared on the NPC Bikini Stage. Yeah, the National and, Physique Committee. Yes, and if, for those who don't know, that's the largest amateur bodybuilding association in the United States. Yeah. And we've invited her on as our guest today because she has firsthand experience battling and more importantly, overcoming mm -hmm. an issue that faces many people today, and that is binge eating disorders. And she's been, she battled it since she was a kid and more, most importantly, overcame it. So we've invited her as our yeah. guest today. So welcome, Tawny. Hi, Tawny. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. So let's start off with just uh, maybe you could tell us what BED or binge eating disorder is. Yeah, it's um, a actually, it's an eating disorder that isn't as recognized as anorexia and bulimia. I first and foremost didn't even know it was an eating disorder. I wasn't diagnosed until later in life. Um, actually, 2010 was when I was diagnosed. Um, I did think it was something I struggled with all my life, but didn't realize it was actually a, an eating disorder, binge eating. Um, and so I was actually diagnosed by a uh, licensed professional who told me that it's characterized by frequent binges without any type of compensatory uh, methods uh, like bulimia, where you're trying to purge and get rid of that excess food that you've eaten. So what exactly were you doing on a daily, was it like a daily basis of something that you were doing or did it happen once a week? What is, can you tell us a little bit about that and what that's like? Yeah, it's been um, better and worse at various times in my life. I was probably at the peak of my binge eating disorder when I was an undergrad. And that was happening uh, multiple times a week. And it's actually, that's part of the diagnosis. If you're doing that behavior um, for at least one time a week for at least three months, that's what the DSM-4 actually diagnoses that disorder as binge eating disorder. Um, and I would say that it was happening many, many more times than once a week at that time. Um, and with that, obviously a lot of weight gain. Uh, and there was a point where I was morbidly obese. Now, is this a certain age group that this, you know, starts at, or is this really anyone? What did you learn? Um, so while I'm not a professional or an expert, um, in my experience, uh, it can happen at any point in life. Um, it can be characterized by a multitude of things, you know, whether somebody's depressed or if they've experienced childhood trauma or abuse, uh, low self-esteem, uh, there's a lot of different traits that go into it. In some instances, it, there can even be a genetic component or um, an external environment uh, of factors that are going on. You know, the pressure for women to appear thin and, um, you know, just the different body image issues that people experience could stem from a lot of different things and it could happen at any point in life. How did you know where to go to to get help or what was the point where you said, hey, I really need some help here? Yeah, so it was actually uh, the second time I competed and I immediately after getting off stage was binging and which is also very common and very problematic when you, the foundation is really when you're restricting so much 
and you're trying to, you know, uh, keep hold of a diet that's really not realistic long term. And, you know, that's what a competitor's diet can be, depending on who your coach is. Um, so I just thought to myself, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I don't want to go back to that morbidly obese person. I need to do something about it. So I just did some research about, um, some local psychiatrists in the area that are experts in binge eating disorder and reached out to one of them and had a consultation. What are some of the telltale signs that someone has a binge eating disorder? So like I said, you know, they do characterize it by, you know, having that binge at least one time a week for three weeks, but there can be different severities of how often you're binging for how long, but really, you know, having those episodes, which they consider to be out of control, where you're having excessive amounts of food that you wouldn't normally consume in a really short period of time. You know, it's shocking to me because when you say one time a week, when you're binge eating, you know, a lot of people do that. I know, I know I do that and I don't consider myself having an issue, but then again, I don't know. But I mean, that's so kind of confusing to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you, do you have to be gaining weight for that? How do you really know what's going on? No, I think it also has to do with where you are um, psychologically as well. So, I mean, if you're you're telling yourself in the background, you know, oh, my goodness, I'm doing this again. I can't stop myself. It's a compulsion. Um, you know, it's not just overeating. It's extensively eating a lot to the point where you're full and you continue to eat even though you're full. Um, in a lot of instances, you don't even have to be hungry to binge eat. Um, you're just looking for some other, uh, some other type of feeling, uh, to escape really. Right. So you were in bodybuilding when this happened, right? And you mm -hmm. discovered this. So I'm curious, the other people around you, the other bodybuilders, was this going on a lot? Is this super common, especially in that type of sport? I feel that, you know, a lot of people after they compete and get off stage, they become a little bit more lax with their diets. And some people, yes, they do binge and they gain weight. You know, I've heard of people gaining 20 pounds within two days. Um, wow, but I didn't even they, know that was possible. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, is, um, you know, if you're not doing it for an extended period of time, I think that's where the three months comes in. You know, it's one thing if you've been restricted for um, a show or something like that, and maybe a couple days you're overeating on the foods that you were restricting before, but you can get back into the normal pattern of eating. I would not say that that was binge eating disorder. Got you. And has your diet completely changed? How does that work for you now? Yeah. So part of my therapy, which I went into cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. which is very common treatment for binge eating disorder. And for binge eating um, people in general, what they recommend is having a structured diet where you are having three meals and two snacks, which is virtually what I do today. And also knowing exactly what you're going to eat, what your uh, portion sizes and quantities are going to be as well mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. is something that they recommend as part of uh, a cognitive behavioral therapy um, treatment program. Right. And is this something that lasts your whole life? Do you struggle with it kind of all the time? Is it something you have to have, you know, that type of help with your whole life? Or is it something that just it happens and then you get therapy with it and then you're OK after a certain amount of time? So my point of view, and I've talked to multiple people who have had binge eating disorder and say that they're cured. 
Mm-hmm. I don't haven't had that experience. I think it's a matter of relapse prevention and just trying to lessen the number of binges that you're having. I personally will say that it's a struggle every day to not, you know, overeat. I wouldn't say that I'm in a place where I'm binge eating like I was previously, but it definitely is a challenge to uh, mentally stay in a place where you don't want to go back to that. Um, that's always been something that I've struggled with. So for me, it's it's constant. It's just something that you have to manage. Um, and if I do find that I'm slipping more frequently than I feel I should be, then I would definitely go back into therapy. I do work with a actual medical doctor who specializes in weight loss and binge eating, and I meet with him quarterly. And then I also do have a health coach that I work with who does my nutrition and training programs, and I speak with her weekly. So in addition to, i make sure I'm, I'm getting this. So what I heard you say is part of your uh, relapse prevention strategy, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it invo- it, your strategy involves meal planning, mm-hmm. uh, meetings with nutritionists, and I guess you said the medical doctor. What other tools or strategies do you have at your disposal that helps you prevent relapse? So I can always go back to, there's definitely some books and uh, guides that I use through my therapy, and I can always go back and revisit those. I think mindfulness is a really big component as well. Uh, Just getting yourself out of the whirlwind of these thoughts. And I've actually, you know, I I always try to educate myself and continue to learn. Um, I actually entered into a program at Jefferson University here in Philadelphia for mindfulness, and it was a six-week program. Um, So I just think that was one step further that I could take it for myself. Mm -hmm. So um, I really think it has to do with a lot of self-development. And you have to be you know, proactive and willing, have a willingness to get better. Uh, That's the other part of it. And you have to be motivated to change, which I very much am. I don't ever want to go back to that place. Are there any specific books that you feel have been particularly helpful to you that you might recommend to others who may not Mm -hmm. be at the point where they're willing to go seek professional medical help and they're trying to mm-hmm. or any know, find forums, any online forums, or any online forums, or any resources that you can recommend or off the top of your head? Yeah. So there's a book called overcoming your eating disorder. And that's actually what I use through my cognitive behavioral therapy. And it actually starts out asking you questions of, you know, like, is this a place for you? Do you have an eating disorder? Let's kind of walk through that and see what your answers are before we proceed with the content. Um, There's another gentleman by the name of Chris Fairborn, who's written a lot of books around binge eating. Um, It's really ironic because, like I said, when I was in the height of my binge eating disorder, when I was an undergrad, I actually was in Barnes and Noble and picked up a book about binge eating. And he was the author. And it was the same exact book that and I never read it. (laughs) I picked it up and thought that, you know, this is probably something that I have. I want to learn more about it. And I never read it. And then when I went into therapy, it was actually the same book that was recommended by my therapist. So um, I definitely recommend looking into any books from Chris Fairborn in regards to um, binge eating. If knowing what you know now, based on the experiences you had, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, because, you know, obviously we know you've been battling this since you were a child. Yeah. If knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time, what advice would you have given to yourself then? Um, I probably would have just been a little bit more gentle with myself, my younger self. Um, 
I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to be and look a certain way. And that started very young because I was in dance. So I started dancing when I was five years old and I danced for 13 years. And I just don't have the ballerina figure. I just don't have the genetics for it. And I never will. Um, I wish that I would have started playing sports earlier because I'm more of an athletic build. Um, mm -hmm. So I think just being a little bit gentler with myself. And then in all honesty, I don't think that comp competing was a place for myself. I uh, had listened to an interview with uh, Nicole Wilkins, who's a very well-known um, figure Olympia champion multiple times over. And she even said, you know, if you're somebody who has disordered eating habits or body dysmorphia, then this sport isn't for you. And I really believe that mine got my, my eating disorder got much more heightened mm -hmm. after competing and also like the body dysmorphia, you know, it became 10 times worse. Um, just because you think you have to maintain this certain weight and you see certain people that actually do. Um, and I just, it just wasn't something that I could do specifically for myself. And so that's just another part where you're, um, you know, always in your own head about having to look a certain way. So I just don't feel like, and I, I only competed for three years, um, but mm -hmm. it probably was in my best interest not to have competed. So if you had friends or family members who might know somebody who they think is suffering from a binge eating mm -hmm. disorder, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to them about how, if at all, to interact or be supportive or be helpful? Are there any do's, are there any specific do's or don'ts that you yes. recommend to people who have people around them that they suspect have binge eating disorder? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's probably hard to even suspect because it's something that you do privately. You know, I would never overeat and binge in front of anyone I knew. It was all in behind closed doors. So it may not be something that, you know, but if somebody is, you know, gaining weight or um, you think that they might have some sort of problem and you see them eating, you know, M&Ms or, you know, ice cream or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and they are telling you that they, you know, they really want to lose weight and you see them doing this. I mean, don't just tell them stop. <laughs> I would not recommend that just saying, so just stop eating those M&Ms. If you want to lose weight, stop eating those M&Ms. It's not that easy. And it's not just about the M&Ms. So there's something else going on there. So I would just ask people to have compassion if they do suspect somebody is having an issue and just ask how you might be able to help them and if they're open to help. Mm -hmm. Well, especially parents that have to think, I think about that with parents and their children. And mm -hmm. especially if they can't see it happening, that's such a good point that you made, you know, that you don't do that in front of people. Because that's the first question I asked you in this. I was like, well, I do it once a week. How do I know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. but they hide. And yeah. so, yeah, so that's really difficult if you can't tell where you really can't tell. And there are not a lot of signs. Somebody would have to really inside just know that they would have to get help themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that's hard, especially as even a teenager and with, you know, all these issues going on right now, especially with women and ki girls mm -hmm. um, having these self-body issues and the way that they look. That's if, hard. That's interesting. If there's someone out watching right now mm -hmm. that may be traveling along the path that you've already been on, mm -hmm. what advice might you give them? Mm -hmm. If there's one piece of advice you give them, what would you say? Yeah, if they're ready to get help, I would say to reach out to a professional. 
um, and let them put you on a treatment plan that was best suited for you. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to take into consideration, you know, what your experience has been and where you are in your dis- eating disorder, whether you're in the height of it or, you know, mm-hmm. you've lost a lot of weight and now you don't want to gain weight back kind of the position I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's best to just reach out for professional help. The other thing I was going to say in regards to, you know, noticing whether somebody has an eating disorder, it's much, much easier to identify bulimia or anorexia. I mean, anorexia, somebody is extremely, extremely thin. You can usually see their bones and they're pretty gaunt. So you can see it. Um, And then with bulimia, I mean, it's typically purging. So if you're taking your child to the dentist and they're wondering why the enamel's off your teeth and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, your nails are all banged up or you're got have cuts on your fingers from, you know, purging, then Mm -hmm. those things are more identifiable and there's things that you can see. That's why it's so difficult with binge eating disorder to to discern if somebody has it or not. What advice might you give to someone? Because not all professionals are created the same. Mm -hmm. You evidently found some people that like with any coaches, some coaches are better than others. And Mm -hmm. evidently you found some that worked for you. Mm -hmm. What are some of the uh, questions that someone should ask of the professionals before they go about selecting those who they want to help them. Yeah. I would recommend trying to find somebody that's on, you know, they do have a national binge eating disorder association. So Mm -hmm. I always try to go with something that's credible and they do list resources there, depending on where you live, Mm -hmm. who is um, affiliated with those that are actually treating for binging disorder specifically. I mean, somebody might be an expert in anorexia, but not in binge eating, and they'll tell you those type of things. So I just make sure that you're going to a credible source. Mm -hmm. Um, And and when you're trying to, and you're doing an initial consultation, um, Mm -hmm. I probably would ask the individual, you know, what their experience is with treating binge eating disorder and just a little bit about their education, Mm -hmm. um, just to make sure it's a good fit. It's not always a good fit. I mean, just like trying to find a therapist. um, They're not always one size fits all. So that's right. Well, Tani, thank you so much for being with us today. Some good information from you. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, um, my Instagram handle is at Tawny Clark. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm also on Facebook. It's actually my athlete page. So it's uh, backslash athlete Tawny Clark on Facebook. And okay. I'm on Twitter as well. And that's Tawny Clark one. Okay, so Instagram at Tawny Clark. If you have any questions for her. Thank you so much. Thank you and for special, having me. And special thanks to Syntrax Nutrition for sponsoring the show and allowing us to do this with, with experts such as yourself. Thank you for being here. Yes, thanks, Tane. And if you want to Thank find you. this podcast and many others, you can jump on esrshow.com and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel there. So thanks so much and we'll see you next time.